This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. It's Peter here. Just got back from the At Our Place uh, event, uh, dealing with commercials. Uh, We had the head of commercials there. We had the head of facilities, the head of retail, and the head of the catering partners. It it was held at Wealdstone's FC's ground at Grosvenor Vale, where the women play. And it was attended by probably 30 to 35 people, 40 maybe. So not massive numbers, but still good to see a number of people wanting to get down there and talk about these things. This is the first of two this week. This one dealing with commercials. The one on Thursday is to deal with basically match day facilities and stewarding and the like. So there we go. In addition to those people there who were heads of their department and and also Rich Walker, who's head of comms and ticketing as well, who hosted the event. In addition to them, we had a gentleman called James from uh, Mr. Q, who was in attendance and fair play to him. As the first question focused on the gaming slash ethical sponsorship question, the club stated that their preference would be to have a sponsor that could go across all shirts including juniors and academy etc but in terms of the discussions and the values basically pushed them towards Mr Q in terms of this there is a trend at the moment that uh, that was discussed of sponsors reneging on payments to the clubs and some instances of clubs in and around London receiving no sponsorship payments at all at this moment in time Mr Q have been very upfront with all of that to help facilitate the club moving forward the gentleman James who seemed a, a really nice guy he accepted and understands that they will not be everyone's cup of tea but being based out of St Albans they are keen to do things in the locality and with and for the local community. I think he came across very well, explaining something where he was never going to win any popularity contest, not because of him, but because of obviously what that company represents in terms of gaming. It, the the point was also made that they are a casino rather than online gambling betting. The 
the distinction I must confess I'm not fully aware of because um, I, I don't personally get get involved in uh, in gambling, but the distinction was made. The difference in the sponsorship value, as I mentioned, is considerable. And Mr. Q were the first sponsor that they'd spoken to to allow and even asked to promote the fact that the shirts would be available to purchase without their logo on the front of their shirts. You did get the feeling they were genuinely trying to be nice about things, basically. This had been asked, we were told, of all the previous betting or betting-related sponsors and had always been declined by the sponsor. Mr Q appeared to be more understanding and aspirational of their place in the gaming world, so... They agreed to that. The Gambling Commission fine that came up uh, back in, I think it was August, was explained, including actually the timing of the signing of the contract and when this actually happened straight away. I think they'd signed the contract for the sponsorship in June and the audit um, that, that they had landed in the August. Anyway, they explained uh, that the audit was of their processes and it found that they had insufficient money laundering checks of their clients rather than it being an accusation of money laundering themselves in any way, shape or form. The fine was was discussed and was compared basically it was small in comparison to industry standards some betting firms apparently according to tonight um, basically see these kind of fines coming in from the betting commission or the gaming commission as almost the cost of doing business but the processes have been corrected and it seems to be a matter of personal pride at least that's how it came across between the discussions between Mr Q and the guys at the top table this does look and feel to very much be a partnership Obviously, we're just on the outside looking in, but that was the impression. The question around how Mr. Q and the club might work together to provide, for example, addiction services or education of gambling addiction was discussed. However, there is an idiosyncrasy in terms of this because the club, or rather I should say the trust, the charitable trust has within its constitution basically it will not accept funds from gaming companies which is interesting and that would have to be looked at moving forward at board level in order to improve perhaps some funding in order to increase the breadth of support services offered to those who are affected by gambling seems odd that the club would take it on one level, but the charitable trust to help deal with the sort of fallout of the negative side of that can't take that money to do just that. Anyway, that was mentioned and and that might be looked at. Who knows? A question about the Atria Hornet Shops opening hours w- was asked and it was explained that the Atria store tends to do business after a shirt or a product launch uh, or does reasonable business and also in the run up to Christmas. But thereafter, it has proved to be loss making. Um, the lease was looked at potentially being stopped at one term, and but the terms of the lease were improved. And in terms of the flexibility of the opening hour, that allowed them to take a look at. And therefore, will be at this time, the Atria Hornet Shop will be closed on a Monday, Tuesday and a Wednesday. And the main Hornet Shop at the ground will be shut on Sundays. But that will mean that between them, they're still offering basically a Hornet Shop outlet open seven days a week. Uh, but it will also allow the club to work for plan that bit better. the question of working with Kelmay was brought up and the club explained that Kelmay had been basically an excellent kit partner, seemed to be universal delight. The fan feedback had been 
in the main, very positive. When I say in the main, really in the main, mainly positive. The level of value to the club financially and in terms of the kit provision for the club and the academy was explained and was absolutely top notch. Uh, the kit design process with with the club is very club centric. The club are highly involved in the whole thing. Whereas some examples of experience with previous kit manufacturers were given, which sounded far less flexible. And on the back of all of this, the Kelmay agreement has been renewed for a further four years. So Kelmay will be the Watford kit carrier for another four years, which probably is going to take it close to the sort of level that we had Umbro for back in the 80s. It was also asked whether or not the kit designs could go to some kind of popularity contest. Other people did say, yeah, that's the kind of thing you might want to be careful with, etc. But it, things might be open. But I believe next year's kit seems to have already gone through that process as it was explained to us literally as you're launching one kit the the start off of the process to design and get prepared the next season kit basically starts at that point the question of hive live for remote viewers was discussed and it was explained that with the new tv deal w- with sky which there, there was a big kind of fanfare about that about three months or so ago more games from the championship will be offered to watch via sky to the point that very few games next season which will be what 24 25 will be viewed by domestic supporters via hive live and in essence it will become a service for support in overseas areas only or with creative VPNs perhaps. The issue of catering was discussed, all of the questions that you might imagine. One idiosyncrasy that came up about Watford is that unlike a number of different stadiums where these guys, the team who operate at Watford, operate at a number of other venues including Wembley, I think Spurs was mentioned um, uh, at one point, but is that there is a very short time between people on average entering the ground and kickoff. We have a very, there's a very short window. They have introduced technology for kind of pre-ordering, etc., and that's been used to improve the amount of food and drink available in the short window pre-game and at half time. But they're going to be looking further into this, and and there was seemed to be quite an enthusiasm to try to utilise the technology better to. To introduce better service, quicker turnaround times, etc., so that people could you know, effectively pre-order and, and, and drink. Watch and see what comes out of that. The areas where people can drink and and where they can't were discussed and explained. But it's basically you can't drink alcohol within sight of the pitch, or people on the pitch can't see you drinking. Was actually the order that was discussed and. An, an odd way of looking at it, but never mind. A number of inducements were discussed to, to entice fans into the ground earlier in order to further reduce queues as well as potentially extend elements of hospitality areas after the game, for example, to further elongate the match day experience or options or an element of hospitality for people who might be season tickets or pay on the day who might just fancy a bit of hospitality thereafter. A lot of these things were discussed. One of the things that was suggested to be mooted coming along next season is something to do with basically supporters and rewarding loyalty. So more than that, we do not know, but it seemed to go down fairly well, obviously, and with a number of people who were there. So watch that space. But the club are looking to do something to to reward loyalty. In what sense and in what areas? Just have to wait and see, won't we? 
So the question of hospitality areas being mothballed uh, was brought up and it was explained that prior to the pandemic, the investment in the hospitality area, the corporate hospitality, was made, which provided in total, um, it was in excess of a thousand places for corporate hospitality. It was realised at the time that relegation to the championship would see us have an excessive amount of hospitality that we would very unlikely be able to fill. Therefore, the grill has been shut for the moment or mothballed, whichever word you want to use. A particular issue that was noted and really honed in on is that following relegation to the championship, the number of London-based firms seeking hospitality places has fallen dramatically in what was already a highly competitive market, presumably with, as we know, Spurs, Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, etc., on their doorstep for Premier League football and European football as well. The appeal to come out to Watford, which previously would have been availability and and transportation links, effectively being able to get away nice and quickly, not being in central London, in the championship, it's worked against us. So that's one of the reasons why, obviously, the club would be keen, along with many million of other reasons, to get back to the premiership. Uh, the question was raised to whether the club might consider selling the naming rights to the stadium, and the club provided an emphatic no. Uh, this would the, the the way it was put across was uh, it, it it feels just wrong to do that for existing stadiums with the traditions that are in place. Um, this would only really be considered in the event of relocation to a new ground. The next question you're probably thinking is, really? No, this is not on the table. Uh, and then nothing has been since 2019 when a potential relocation to Bushy was w- w- was mooted. But it, it was explained that this was brought up by a property developer. The club did look at it, did propose it. But this was literally just before basically the, the pandemic hit and nothing is on the cards at all. And and the club seemed, seemed reasonably happy and content to stay with what we have at this moment in time. So no naming rights will be sold. And at the moment, there is no no movement on that. They did say that a party had inquired about naming rights previously, which was pre-pandemic. But the club didn't really want to take the meeting. But due to company connections, they entertained the discussions, but walked away from those discussions, not really wanting to be, to be involved in it. Um if anything was going to happen, I think the kind of the term of the and the agreements and all sorts of things, it, it simply wasn't going to work out. The head of facilities spoke about asking for money for upkeep for siting. What did he say? He said floodlighting and guttering replacement. And he, he basically pulled out a number of pricing. There's a guttering piece in the in the GT stand that needs replacing, and that's about 85 grand. So if you're thinking about opening up a gutter company, go do it now. That seems to be there seems to be money there for certain. But he explained that this was two of many things that need to be done. A number of things have been looked at and explored. This particular gentleman was talking about looking, had gone underneath the Vicarage Road end where there is apparently space below the, the fitting in there and would love to do something with that. But logistics and 
money, etc., are going to prevent them from utilising those particular space, those particular spaces. The half season ticket option that had been run up until the fifth of January has been extended, so people uh, should be able to buy a half season ticket up until uh, just around the end of the month. So do be on the lookout for that if you are considering it. All were asked how they felt about working at Watford in the last year and in the next year, and after some initial kind of laughs, that kind of question is going to get all pretty much answered that the roles were challenging. Obviously, it's not it's a difficult market, but that this meant that they all, and we as a club, have to be more creative about solutions to improve how things run at the club. So they were all pretty positive, even though accepting that, that these are some fairly difficult, some financial questions were asked, but were parked for a, a future finance at our place, at least we hope they did. And also some questions relating to stewarding and the match day operations were parked until Thursday, which is when the at our place covering those issues will then be taken off. We discussed fans zones and what locations might actually be usable and the issue is effectively the lack of free and available space around the ground but all were open to opportunities and ideas in terms of of all these things. One of the things that came up when we were discussing that was a, a thing called the PS which is basically the public safety kind of score and it echoed a question that had come up earlier. As Chesterfield had bought 4,000 uh, supporters at the weekend, and but the, the Vicarage Road end seemed particularly filled, the Vicarage Road end or the North Stand or the Anne Swanson family stand, whichever one part you want to talk about it as, the whole complete infrastructure there had 5,800 seats. Because of this PS, this physical safety factor, which is basically a requirement to be able to evacuate within eight minutes any public area. It has basically had its capacity reduced to circa, I think it was 4,200 or 4,000 people there. So that's quite some considerable reduction. But these are the hoops that, that the guys are having to jump through. It means that obviously next time we hear that there's 21,000 people in the ground, we know that ain't the fact because that effectively takes our capacity, if not below, perilously close to 20,000 for certain. But lots of things were discussed. I think it was a, a very good, warm, open meeting. And I think people came away from it with a good view in terms of understanding what was what was available to, to discuss today. And the, the four guys and Rich who dealt with it. It was good. It was good to hear open questions and answers. They didn't flinch any answers other than the ones that I mentioned, which were, we didn't have the finance there, the finance people there. So there was some questions in relating to the commercial items in the finance. You can understand why people bought them up, uh, but they weren't there to be dealt with. And the match day kind of experience, which uh, the other match day operations, I should say, which are all going to be dealt with on Thursday. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll be there and we will post out uh, something um, on that, hopefully kind of Friday morning. So you can, anybody who's not there can hear it. Um, this is by no means an exhaustive list of the items discussed, uh, but I hope are probably the headline items. Um, it was great to see, as I say, the club being open on the topics and it was uh, at least the topics it was able to. And we look forward to Thursday when the At Our Place bandwagon rolls into Sun Postal Sports on the Casabri Estate, looking at, as I say, stewarding, 
matchday operations. I suspect that one will probably be a bit more contentious, bearing in mind people's experiences to date. But we can see and see how that goes on. Um, we will be having out very, very shortly the QPR um, uh, opposition view. So do keep a look out for that. And also we will post something out just so you've got some idea of, of what's discussed at our place. Anybody wants to add anything into anything, just throw it on our socials. Cheers, guys. Good night. You ons. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.